Greetings, my fellow Freedom Love Sovereign Thinkers. Thank you for tuning in to the L3 Podcast. My name is Craig, transmitting from the beautiful realms of planet Earth. Today's date is Wednesday, December 27th, 2023. This is episode 1707. Free and open internet is a threat and mass graves. Grave question. Before I proceed, you can follow me on multiple social media sites and podcast channels. Just type in Lucky Luck number three, Lucky Luck Roman number three, three eyes, or the Lucky Luck Roman number three podcast. Furthermore, if you have any questions, comments, recommendations, etc., whatever you do, please use the quorum. I have a new email address you can contact me at ll3.podcast at protonmail. Oops, sorry, proton.me. So, one more time, ll3.podcast at proton.me. If you want to donate, go to paypal.me or cash.app forward slash Loki Luck number three. Hopefully, everyone had a great Christmas, peaceful, loving, and all that good stuff. And um, and I like when people try to call me out with libelous rhetoric, baseless words. I don't have to get angry or hate them by any means. That's too good. There's no fun in that. But well, if we meet in person, let's see how the tide turn. I'm not saying using violence either, but that's okay. One thing I always tell people is look at all the facts thoroughly the best you can. And even when the political realm if you're going to be critical, have merit, don't be a parrot. Question everything, even to your opponents. If they're being railroaded, the person you support may be next. It's been happening for a long time. I don't know foreigner of any political candidates or anything like that. I don't kiss rings or worship the floor they walk on. That's absurd. I don't believe in this red-blue ordeal. I'm more evergreen, which stands for liberty, and that me, which it represents freedom and morality, individual rights, not on the collective scale. As long as you don't violate others and go by natural law. Plain and simple, folks. Y'all these bobbleheads these Mickey Mouse clubs. I remember that ordeal they had in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. We the people rally. Now, well, the videos I've seen is we the factions. And I love the presentation. Oh, to restore our constitutional rights. Like, do, 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 do. Very delusional indeed. Twilight Zone, right? Come on, folks. Think thoroughly. Do your homework before going some high horse. Oh, giddy up. Worship me. Let me go around and do things my way or the highway. You got to do it for your own good. If not, we're going to end our friendship. It's okay to disagree. But if we're going to make name callings and use bogus accusations against one another, then you look like the fool. Sometimes projection is a dangerous game. So, one of the areas I always tell folks, observe responsibly. I don't believe this hype. 
I'm not going to say one man's going to, one person's going to save us all. What are you doing to make things happen? Like even some of the other pro-gun video channels, some of constitutional rights, Second Amendment and all that. On state on state cases, and it just I just like I love these people. Well, all due respect, it, don't rely on the incorporation doctrine only. Go further. I'm not perfect. I don't know everything. Never gonna stop learning. I think it's great too. I enjoy every minute of it. Don't have to go around screaming and yelling on the top of my lungs. Been to rallies, and I just give them a big smile on my face when they try to call me out, and it backfires on them. Like, <laughs> like, like you know, Sean. Like, <laughs> but I have too much fun. So, um, yeah, I was listening to the interview with Mike Adams and Steve Quayle. They call it the Red Sea Massacre. That was on rightsion.com. What's the establishment? The tyrants, they hate that. They hate him. One of them for speaking his mind. But it was a great um, interview. So always learn to prepare yourself and be vigilant. Don't go, please, mister, I want you to be my president. You can save us all. You can save me. The three poly purebred syndrome only works in cartoons. I know a lot of you folks do remember Underdog. I'm like, look it up, Underdog. And you, you then you understand where I'm coming from. So I'm like browsing around on a few things, you know. So I see Natural News, USA, maybe. USA, U.S. and Israel may be secretly using neutron bombs to achieve genetic destruction of Palestinians, radiation experts say. That was a good interview, by the way. That's from naturalnews.com and Breitbart. And Kohler, happy Kwanzaa, the holiday brought to you by the FBI. And that she, there's things I'm not too keen with her on certain things, but others I'll give her a thumbs up. I'll be fair. And we'll come down here. Uh, Natural News, Trump petition, Supreme Court to pause the considering presidential immunity claim. All right. Blacklisted news, Netanyahu looking for countries to absorb ethnically cleansed Palestinians. Infowars, General Flynn's issues, mercy warning, the globalists are planning to trigger a new American civil war, must watch. Yep, the banksters start the war between the states, the United States versus the Confederate states. Banksters supported that. Don't be surprised if they're involved in this too, right? And then for wars right here, Jack Smith moves to prevent jury from hearing evidence about J6 in his J6 case against Trump. <laughs> I see all those Trump haters. Oh, yeah, the climax. Yo, foam at the mouth. And they're going to enhance their masculinity. And their femininity, right? Come on, folks. Jackass Smith. Pathetic. Just throw, his ass, just throw his ass in prison for treason. You know, just do process all that. The expose, GP Sad News, Janet Asabar, the fall of the cabal has been found dead. A lot of questions on that. 
SHTFplan.com, IDF says the war will continue for many more months. Your news. GOP investigates potential presidential involvement in Hunter Biden subpoena defiance. Just get him for contempt. National Pulse. EU fears another 2016 moment in 2024. Epoch Times. Ah, Dodgers a free agent pitcher. Yashum. Yashinobo Yadamoto finalized their 12-year deal. So let's find out how much money the Los Angeles Dodgers will be making off of him. Oh, he's making all this money. But they don't think about the club, the Major League Baseball, how much money they're making off of him. A lot of people complain about these players making money, but they'll spend a few thousand dollars to see a, a concert front row for their favorite performer. Okay, so if you're going to bitch about that and you're going to spend a few thousand dollars to see your top 40 mainstream corporate music fiend on stage, then you're nothing more than a hypocrite. Done. Conservative Tribune Fellowship sees over 51,000 accept Christ's unmistakable move of the Holy Spirit. Down here, priests claim Jesus was a Palestinian Jew live on, live on CNN and they get torn to shreds. I even gets offended. Spare me. <laughs> well, you know what? It wasn't called Palestine until, like, what, 70 CE? When corruption destroyed it and the Romans came in? Yeah, so there's some merit to it, but still, if, this, if you read the Bible on that, and I'll go down here. Um, big League Politics. The United States funding for Ukraine is expecting to run out by the end of 2024. It should have never, ever happened, period. What they've done is called stupidity. And they believe people don't read that book by the late ungrateful Zygmunt Brzezinski, The Grand Chessboard. You think we're that dumb? I was against this from the very beginning. And you know what? Some people thought I was an idiot, then they start repenting. Oh, crap. Because I lay down the facts the best I can. And like Ron Paul said, Congressman Ron Paul at the time, or Dr. Ron Paul, we should not get involved in foreign entanglements. So did George Washington and many others. If you don't know the past, folks, stand to repeat. Study your history for glam ranting. All right, so, Summit News, imagine being this desperate. Hmm, that's old. Daily Bell, why is corporate state media turning on Netanyahu? Interesting there. And, of course, uh, We Are Change. Episode 33, woke. New York City mayor announces city at breaking point. Yeah, you say you want sanctuary, you support being a sanctuary city, and look what happens. How the CCP going to take care of you, allegedly speaking, sir? Being globally funded, right? That's a claim. A claim. So I'm not saying he is, but it's very, you can say, very shady operations based on what the people in New York City are looking, are observing. And truth in accounting, Californians are on the hook for Sacramento's pro- Profligacy and 28 states didn't have enough money to cover their bills in fiscal 2022 report. 
And oh, this is interesting. On Christmas Eve, Illinois has more rainy day funds on hand. And oh yeah, I remember uh, survival news: volcanic eruption in Iceland threatens nearby power plant in dreaded worst case scenario. And we can go down. Three universities confirmed that COVID jabs destroy human health, autoimmunity, tinnitus, musculoskeletal inflammation, etc. That's DC clothesline. Of course, just news about New York New York City Mayor Adams says his city has reached a breaking point with illegal arrivals. Great game India. Israel warns a citizen in India after blast near embassy. And of course, RT, your Ukrainian's plan B is ex-prime minister, ex-PM. Erdogan, or the Erdogan says nothing Yahoo, literally Hitler. Huh. Yeah, and you're 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 such a brilliant liberty leader, right? <laughs> um, I'm critical of Netanyahu too, but look at that. You see this grandstanding? Yeah, man, I'm gonna call him out. Guys, love me, even though I'm gonna screw you later. So, PM, post millennial entertainment legend Tom Smothers dies at 86. May so be forever free. And of course, Orgamon prevents from being foster parent due to Christian beliefs. Yes, discrimination in hand violates Oregon's constitution. So, reclaim the net. Google's new patent, using machine learning to identify misinformation on social media. Pick and choose, pick and choose. Time to decentralize, folks. Even I got, even I've been very minimal in all those areas too, but I don't need to be need us. Involved new photo of Baron Trump just dropped. He got even taller. Well, go down here. Oh, yeah. Technocracy news and trends. EV graveyards. Hardly anyone wants to buy used one. Electrical vehicles. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. A lot of problems, folks. All right. Israeli drone targets civilian in the West Bank. That's the cradle. And... Middle East Eye, War on Gaza, Bleakin expected to visit Israel, Middle East, says report. Below here, the Israeli-Palestine war, Israel trumpets Intel's $25 billion investment as it pounds Gaza. Well, WLT report, watch, Delta employee goes full base, refuses to go along with pronoun nonsense. Motley Crue star ditches blue state for a red state, says... Can't think of a place would rather be. Oh, really? Who's this person? Who is this? Nikki Six. All right. He was. He went to Wyoming. Interesting. Oh, good for him. Good for him. I'm just wondering if Tommy Lee is going to join him. Because remember, he did a tweet about legal immigrants and, and conquered the United. Have opened up the borders. Look. His Club of Rome attributes may backfire on Tom Lee, too. We'll just, no judgment, but sometimes he tweeted poorly. I say that with love. So, um, interesting there by Nikki Six. All right, we'll just go down here on LT, WLT report. RNC chair Ronald McDaniels in hot water. And Rhino slams Christians who support Trump says they don't understand their religion. And down here, pro-life kids booted from famous U.S. government building finally win. 
And President Trump issues a new statement in response to recent legal victory. Huh. All news pipeline, get ready for gas shortages and price hikes again. Prepare, prepare, prepare. Don't take things for granted. WWT, Beijing breaks seven decades cold weather record. Is that climate change? No, things happen. I have a copy of the Farmer's Almanac, too. It's pretty cool stuff. The old Farmer's Almanac, 2024 Almanac, 2024. So I'll go down here. Aussie Coal State Premier promotes to end the coal. Yeah, and screw everybody else later. Idiots. I'm sorry. I just, just really, I just love mocking these people. 100% fed up says developing part of New York City under shelter in place order. And New American Jacques Delors, architect of the European Union, dies at 98. Another club of Rome stooge bit the dust. And Twitter police state. Zero hedge. Why Goldman expects the most flawless Fed landing ever. SP 5100 with GDP, double consensus, jobs, and wages. And House Republicans zero in on the impeachable offense if Biden was resolved, was involved in Hunter Subpoena Dodge. All right. Then the American dream, giant hordes of illegal immigrants are being brought into the U.S. just in time for the societal meltdown for 2024. Okay. Of course, information liberation is good. Prepare for riots. Jury finds three Tacoma police Officers not guilty in the death of Manny Ellis. That was, yeah, a while back, okay. How to Beat Wall Street Insiders. That's Daily Reckoning. I'm about to check that out. All right, well, there's a lot of stuff in here. I know I've been just ranting and reading all this stuff. Tell you what's going on. Well, I was listening, when I was listening to that Mike Adams, Steve Quayle interview, it was very good. Like a little over an hour, an hour and a half, maybe close to two hours, I would say. But it was very informative. And Steve Crowley don't make stuff up either. So um, that's what I tell people. Pay attention. Don't get distracted by all the hoopla, grandstanding, and thinking one person's going to save us all if we vote them in. Because it's a lot bigger than what it is. That's why I don't get angry when I hear people making bogus, baseless accusations, I just start laughing. Because I don't need, because getting mad is too is uh, too good for them. Well, don't get mad, folks. Be inspired. Observe responsibly. And I'll be right back. So stay tuned. I'm back. Well, the first thing I'd be narrating here came from Mises.org under Mises Wire. Free open internet is a threat to the establishment. This is by Connor O'Keefe. Last week, a video clip of Francis Fukuyama went viral. In the clip, the political scientist called freedom of speech and a marketplace of ideas, 18th century notions that really have been belied or shown to be false by a lot of what's happening in recent decades. Fukushima then reflects on how a censorship regime could be enacted in the United States. But the question then becomes, how do you actually regulate content that you think is nauseous, harmful, and the like, and do it in a way that's consistent? That's with the First Amendment. 
Now I think you can push the boundaries a bit because the First Amendment does not allow you to say anything you want. But among liberal democracies, our First Amendment is among the most expansive of any developed democracy. And you could imagine a future world in which we kind of pull that back and we say, no, we're going to have a law closer to that of Germany where we can designate, the government can designate something as hate speech and then prevent the decimation of that. But the question then is, politically, how are you going to get there? You can find this clip. It's on YouTube, I mean, not YouTube, but Twitter or X. Something to check out. Put aside the fact that censorship regime Fukuyama is talking about is already here. It's important to consider the admission behind his words. Francis Fukuyama is often associated with the neoconservative movement. And that's for good reason. He was active in the neoconservative project for the new American century. So, and helped lead the push for the 2003 invasion of Iraq. Can we call him Peanut Boy? There's even Jeb Bush, Joseph Ellis Bush, was a part of that little entourage. People still want to defend him, right? <laughs> I will proceed. But he later turned against the war and renounced neoconservatism, so he can perhaps be better understood as an intellectual proxy for the Washington establishment. Fukuyama is best known for his 1992 book, The End of History and the Last Man. The book argues that liberal democracy represents the endpoint of humanity's ideological evolution and the final form of government because of his idea that is of his defeat of fascism and socialism and its supposed lack of inner contradictions. If there was ever a time when this idea would resonate, it was 1992. The Soviet Union was gone, and the U.S. government, fresh off its sound defeat of Saddam Hussein's Iraq, was the most powerful single entity in history. But at the same time, an entirely new medium for information was quickly emerging. In 1996, a software engineer named Dave, Dave Weiner decided to host his newsletter on the World Wide Web. The result was the first weblog or blog. He called it DaveNet. As blogs began to catch on, writers could reach their readers directly without filters, editors, or space constraints. It's hard to understate the effect of this development, but is the best explained by Martin Gurry in his 2014 book, The Revolt of the Public and the Crisis of Authority in the New Millennium. Gurry persists that throughout human history, information has grown incrementally, but has expanded in great pulses or waves which sweep over the human landscape and leave little untouched. According to Gurry, the first information wave came with the invention of writing. The second was set off by development of alphabets. These waves gave rise to governments and societies led by literate, bureaucratic, and priestly casties. Case. Hmm, casties. The third wave came with the invention of the printing press. Suddenly, the ancient regime's monopoly on information was shattered. The result was sweeping political change and, most notably, Protestant Reformation and the American and French Revolutions. 
Central Liguri's thesis is the idea that these revolutions did not come about because of a sudden change in the public sentiments, but because erupt, ab, abrupt, excuse me, changes in the information space allow sentiments that were already there to spread and develop outside of the ruling class's control. The fourth wave came with the adoption of broadcast media, radio, and television during the 20th century. While this wave was certainly disruptive, the government's early takeover of the airwaves made it easier for the political class to retain control over the information space. But the same could not be the same of the fifth wave, digital revolution. Only after two only two years after the launch of DaveNet, another blog, the Drudge Report, would go around the establishment press and break the story that Bill Clinton got, got Bill got Bill Clinton impeached. Sorry. <laughs> Ten years later, as yet another financial crisis gripped the country, the Internet allowed true grassroots opposition movements to organize and spread, Occupy Wall Street on the left and the Tea Party on the right. It also allowed candidates like Ron Paul to run popular campaigns critical of the Washington establishment. The Internet didn't just allow people to see and hear dissenting views. It allowed them to see that those views were popular. And that, and because of that, from the era spring to the passage of Brexit, the weakening of political control over the information space began leading to real change, change across the world. But in the United States, after Donald Trump won the White House, the political class woke up to what was happening, and they decided to do something about it. At first, it was Russian disinformation, then hateful domestic extremists, and later COVID skeptics. The establishment has used another boogeyman or straw man that they thought could scare the public into accepting more political control over the online space, which brings us back to Fukuyama. In a sense, he's right. It's a lot easier for Washington establishment to act as though they were supportive of freedom of speech and the free exchange of ideas when they control the information space. But now that Internet has partially rolled back their control, these ideas have been belied in their eyes. For those like Fukuyama, who want this Washington establishment to keep up its ever-escalating interventionism at home and abroad, funded by unsustainable debt and inflation, the digital revolution is cause for concern. But for for those of us who understand that our economic, geopolitical, and cultural issues require radical change, it's a reason to have hope. Absolutely. So this whole thing, they want this big media control, censorship, and all that. And even, you're always going to expect infiltrators. Now the AI is going to do their own internet sites. And they're going to try to say, oh, yeah, we're the Mavericks. Observe response like everything else, folks. I'm pretty selective what I read. There's even articles I disagree with. And I'll be very fair. on every. I don't agree with on everything they write. But it's just viewpoints. And it's fine. We can share ideas. Nothing wrong with that. And if they want a police state, it's harder for them to do it because now things are enhancing. There's talk about even the uh, Internet 2.0 alternative because they want to control what we have now. 
I'm, I'm expecting more decentralization through all these crazy times. And of course, you're going to be finding alter, alter, alternate um, power and all that to uh, spread the information. Yeah, I, I'm seeing that. And even like video channels like YouTube is owned by Google. They've been shadow banning a lot of episodes. Even the ones I'm not fans of. Including yours truly. I denounce it. They're worried. Because it's slipping from their fingertips. Let's keep this momentum going. And enhance free speech worldwide. Our natural rights. Well, I'll be back for one more, so stay tuned. All right. Do one more here. This came from thegrayzone.com. And uh, some people may not like the content from them at times, especially when, uh, was it Blumenthal? I think his name is. Matt Blumenthal. I could be mistaken. But I remember talking about, oh, we need a revolution like it happened in uh, Venezuela. Hey, you can thank the central banks for making that happen. Fiat currency. But we got a thing we got to look at, too. No foreign entanglements. No Yankee imperialism. Which is fine because even those so-called communist countries, they, they believe in that same mindset. Control everybody. Tell, us, tell them how to think, how to live. What not to say. <laughs> so, but in good faith, I have a member talking about this of a Sir, Sir, Sir Brent, it was a Sir Brent, Sir Brentica, Sir Brentica, Sir Brentica Master. I, I do recall many years ago, the National Archives did some did a, did a files on this. So I'm going to continue. This is interesting here. This is by um, Kit Clan. Clarenberg, Mass Graves, Grave Questions, Britain's Secret, Sir Brenica Rowe. Widely ignored official reports and never before seen declassified files suggest shadowy British Special Forces operatives played a crucial role in one of the 20th century's most notorious and controversial massacres. In July 2023, few media observers took notice when influential British intelligence operative turned lawmaker Alicia Kearns issued a public call for Western boots underground in the former Yugoslavia. How about we just throw that skank in the front line during that time? I'll continue on. Addressing a packed session of the House of Commons Foreign Affairs Committee, Chair Kearns made an alarming call. I urge the government, let us rejoin Eurofor. Let us commit NATO peacekeepers to Burko District. Let us transition to a NATO-led peacekeeping mission in Bosnia and Herzegovina. If I'm correct, they've been in a conflict, Serbs and the Bosnians, for almost 600 years. I'll continue. The incendiary comments came during a preliminary debate on Srebrenica Memorial Week, which commemorates the massacre of Muslim men and boys in Srebrenica by the Army of Republika Srpska, VRS, in July 1995. 
Grave crimes were subsequently committed there, many of which remain unpunished. Yet three decades later, details of what happened that fateful month, including the total number of people killed in the exact nature of their deaths, remain uncertain. Rather, the horror-constituted genocide also remains a point of content among legal scholars. Nonetheless, Western leaders have frequently invoked the idea to justify illegal military interventions. Bombing campaigns targeting troublesome countries like the Global South are, are frequently framed as righteous actions concerning, concerned with preventing another Sabrenica. For notoriously hawkish USAID Administrator Samantha Powers, this objective became the cornerstone of an insidious brand of liberal interventionism which has come to be known as responsibility to protect. But the exploitation to Sabrenica to justify further warfare is not limited to Washington. British officials are particularly keen promoters of this argument with the hawkish intelligence operative turned parliamentarian Alicia Kearns providing the latest example. Today, Britain is the only country other than Bosnia and Herzegovina to officially commemorate the killing act, killings as an act of genocide. Since the late 1990s, London has also been home to many NGOs that promoted have promoted the claim that Sabrenica, Sabrenica, excuse me, constituted an act of genocide. However, in all memorizing of the tragic events of July 1995 by British journalists, pundits, and politicians, the presence of the SAS in the area at the time has stubbornly remained an open, unexplored secret. The classified British Ministry of Defense files reviewed by the Grey Zone raised disturbing questions about London's Calistine role in Srebrenica, as such as how and why the MI6 knew an attack on the enclave was forthcoming before the VRS even planned it. Today, British citizens and residents of Bosnia still demand answers. SCS and Bosnia could cause World War III. Seven years later, the Dutch government published its official investigation of the failure of its peacekeeping force to protect Srebrenica, which was compiled by Netherlands Institute of War Documentation, or NIOD. Six days after the release of the findings, Prime Minister Wim Koch stepped down. The Netherlands ultimately accepted partial political responsibility for the massacre after this country's Supreme Court declared the Dutch government bore 10% of the liability for the incident. Woo, interesting there. Littered throughout the report are, unre are remarkable, excuse me, remarkable passages referencing the presence of a secretly operating British unit in Srebrenica. British Special Forces personnel embedded at Dutch Bat HQ were described as Joint Commission observers. GCOs, but the NIOD report notes that in reality, these were units of the Special Air Services and Special Boat Services, SBS. Or, you know, Special Air Services is SAS, the anchor, which conducted reconnaissance missions and special assignments on the order of General Michael Rose, who led British UN peacekeeping forces in Bosnia during the war. The British operative's relationship with Dutch Bat was not good, the NIOD concluded. 
Dutch Bat apparently had little knowledge of the activities of the GCOs, whose operations in Srebrenica were so secretive that even the Netherlands Defense Crisis Manager Center, which oversaw the country's operations in Bosnia, did not know of the GCO's presence of in the enclave. But the Dutch suspected that the British GCO's main task was spying on them. The primary underlying objective of the GCO's in Srebrenica was to gather intelligence on Dutch Bat and to discover... Wherever, whether anything illegal was happening between Dutch troops and Muslim forces, report notes. SAS operatives were posted in areas of Srebrenica overseen by Scandinavian peacekeepers who were not authored to give orders to their British counterparts. The Scandinavians were also kept in the dark about the nature of the GOC's activities and were only permitted to know the locations of their movements after negotiation. The Norwegian colonel who oversaw the battalion said that the elite British soldiers moved hither and thither throughout East Bo- eastern Bosnia with impunity, and they occasionally caught up in skirmishes along the way, according to the NIOD. When details of specific SAS operations are sparse, one of the few concrete examples of GCO activities cited by Dutch investigators makes it clear that Bosnian remit extended well beyond mere intelligence gathering. At one stage, the report's authors note there was a special SAS operation involving ambulances which carried communication equipment instead of stretchers. These operations were donated by, to Bosnia by British health authorities out of humanitarian considerations, but would often suddenly appear in the most surprising places, the report notes. Under Geneva Conventions, use of vehicles with medical make markings for military purposes is a war crime. But such deception is par for the course of the Special Air Service, whose name itself is a direct product of a World War II airplane to full access powers into believing the UK had a full parachute regime at its disposal in the region. And there's little to suggest the military outfit has changed its ways in the time since. In 2015, reports emerged about SAS mounting raids in ISIS-occupied territory in Iraq and Syria disguised as the group's fighters. Remember, ISIS is New World Order approved, (laughs) or one word order funded. Two years later, armed members of the SAS counter-revolutionary warfare wing were allegedly posted on British streets posing as street sweepers and vagrants in an unostensible effort to avert terror attacks. Throughout NATO's occupation of Afghanistan, SAS death squads routinely executed innocent unarmed civilians then falsified evidence to falsely convict their victims as armed insurgents. It happens a lot. In Bosnia, according to an anonymous Dutch peacekeeper consulted by NIOD, members of Dutch Bat were afraid of the British that they could cause the World War III. If GCOs were purely concerned with intelligence gathering, this seems a rather peculiar appraisal. 
SAS pretend to call in airstrikes. When Sabrenica fell on July 11th, the NIOD report notes that two GCOs appear at the local UN military observer headquarters early in the morning. They claim to be an aircraft contact team tasked with identifying locations for NATO airstrikes, which would prevent the VRS from capturing the area. A Muslim army liaison duly guided the SAS operatives to a vantage point on a hill, providing clear views of Sabrenica, which they believe would ensure excellent contact with the aircraft. The liaison told NIOD that the GCOs were in constant contact with someone throughout this time, roughly half an hour following their arrival to the hill, they saw clear relief on the faces of the, of the British for reasons unclear. The SAS men then reportedly claimed they couldn't call in airstrikes, after all, as their satellite phones were out of battery. When their position came under VRS fire, the GCOs took cover in nearby trenches occupied by Muslim soldiers who had no idea that they were doing there. Per the report, the British nonetheless felt safe and relaxed, moving their helmets and flak jackets once inside. Jersey liaison recalls that they pretended, emphasis added, to make radio contact, but remained seated and did not appear to be planning any further action. The British had ample reason to believe an assault on Sabrenica was coming in the weeks prior. The NIOD report points out, on June 8th, Muslim representatives met with GCOs providing detailed plans of enemy attack on the enclave. However, this did not lead to any alarms being sounded, allegedly due to the frequency with which unfounded rumors of an impending VRS invasion of Srebrenica had circulated over the previous three years. The NIOD report notes that GOCs, or GCOs, excuse me, also doubted an imminent attack as they received new confirmatory evidence for the plan. Dutch officials argue this is an indication. British intelligence services knew of no such plans. Yet the GCOs believe this information is suitably significant. They informed Dutch batch leadership. Moreover, declassified British Ministry of Defense files reviewed by the Grey Zone indicate that MI6 intelligence at the time believed the Serbs would attack Sabranica. This was not the same information supplied by the Muslims to the GCOs. The declassified files show MI6 shared their intelligence with Amsterdam, and the NIOD duly sought permission to cite this in its Sabranica report, but London refused, citing supposed concerns with protecting sources and preventing its material being used in non-UK public legal proceedings. The same documents warned that British officials testified to a then ongoing UN inquiry into Sabrenica needed to keep quiet about what they knew. If asked about the existence of intelligence relating to events in Sabrenica, they should simply respond that they are not authorized to discuss such matters. The files state Sabrenica allowed, allowed to fall. That's a question. Based on countless hours of witness testimony and reams of primary source evidence, investigators for the NATO-created and funded International Criminal Tribunal of the former Yugoslavia, which is I-C-T-Y, the acronym, 
concluded planning for the Srebrenica assault only began on June 30th, a week prior to his execution. This raises the obvious question of how MI6 and Muslim forces both independently knew earlier that month an attack was pending and what exactly they foresaw. Per the ICTY, the VRS initially intended to simply chase away Muslim military units operating around Srebrenica, then encircle it to prevent further attacks on Bosnian Serb territory. There was no question of striking the enclave itself. With only 2,000 VRS troops involved in the operation and an estimated 6,000 Muslim soldiers waiting for them in and around Srebrenica, it was not expected to be an easy victory. The decision to overrun the enclave was made on either July 9th or 10th after the VRS encountered virtually no opposition en route. A July 11th British Ministry Ministry of Defense memo noted that recent VSA Bosnia-Serb army attack on Srebrenica was prompted by constant Muslim attacks over the previous three months on BSA supply route to the south of the enclave. The BSA action in its direct response to Muslim pressure on a BSA line of communication. The BSA reacted by forcing Muslims, the Muslims back towards Srebrenica. The Serbs found there was little resistance, so they were able to exploit further than the original objective. The lack of resistance apparently left Dutch bat stunned. On July 6th, they informed Muslim forces that if the VRS entered Srebrenica, they would release to them the contents of a UN weapon collection point in the area, which contained a sizable arsenal, including heavy weapons. But when the VRS arrived, the Muslims did not avail themselves of this opportunity, according to the Dutch Baptist brief. The advantage of militarily seemed to have been with defenders to at least hold out for rather longer and have inflicted greater losses on the VRS than believed, a separate UN military observer report concluded. However, the Muslim leadership seems to have actually acted against their own interests to carry out a successful defense with little coordination and no attempt to seize the heavy weapons held by the UN. Dutch Bat was authorized to call a NATO airstrike, which they did with mounting urgency as the VRS overwhelmed Srebrenica. Yet intervention was not approved by the Alliance until late July, 7, July 11th, excuse me, when the enclave's total capture was complete. Jeffrey Nice, a controversial British lawyer who led the several ICTY prosecutions, has unearthed a secret agreement struck in May 1995, between Britain, France, and the U.S., that there would be no bombing campaign to defend the area. Interesting. (laughs) Secret SAS operations during the massacre. That agreement could also explain the GCO's bizarre behavior during Srebrenica's fall. Evidently, local Muslim forces expected NATO airstrikes once the VRS arrived, and the British apparently gave them ample grounds for believing these would be forthcoming. Their false promises may account for Muslims' lack of resistance against VRS incursions. Once the VRS was in control, was, was in full control of Srebrenica, they evacuated Muslim women and children while running up males of military age, although some of their captives were considerably younger and older. 
Their purpose was to identify individuals responsible for attacks on Serb areas. NIOD reports at this time senior Dutch military official made various attempts to verify claims of war crimes in the Inkov, in, which included ordering someone to ask GCOs if they uncovered evidence to that effect. The SAS operatives allegedly reported very little despite regular extended absences absent absences <laughs> from Dutch Bat HQ during and after the VRS capture of Sabrenica. NIOD note that shortly after the fall, the Inclov of the United Nations High Commission, Commissioner for Refugees Representative and their interpreter, witnessed one of the British soldiers returning to the base late one night, completely drenched in mud, as he had only been crawling. Such activity is rendered all the more suspicious, given the GCOs apparently as a precautionary measure destroyed their special communications equipment. On either July 11th or 12th, this reportedly resulted in a break in communications between them and the inquisitive, inquisitive Dutch military official for some time thereafter exactly when the massacre of Srebrenica male population allegedly began. As British authorities forbade NIOD for speaking to the SAA operatives, there is no information on their activities during this period and whether or how they may have received orders. Another Dutch military official who attempted to trace the SAS operatives through Britain's di diplomatic mission in The Hague was rebuffed as decision they suspected this resulted from a political sensitivity of the presence of the British in Srebrenica at the time of the fall. And IOD did learn that three of the GCOs were awarded British military honors for their service in Srebrenica. Whether that was from their July 11th vantage point, the SDS could keenly monitor the situation on the ground and notify their controllers when the unclosed takeover was complete. Wasn't sure this came to pass their actual mission. Did they feel that grim morning because they received confirmation airstrikes ordered by Dutch Bat would not materialize until it was too late? There's another question. And a lot of stuff in here. I will continue. I'm almost done here. Almost done. You know, I, I, I'm just winging it. I just like haven't read it before I narrated here, but it's. Pretty good stuff here. I know it was a little bit long, but interesting, okay? The Sabrenica Trap. When Sabrenica was designated a UN safe area in April 1993, the Muslim leadership warned that its population were threatened with extinction and a thousands of women, children, and elderly would be massacred if the VRS seized an enclave. Curiously, through... Though both the government of Sarajevo and local Muslim military forces repeatedly blocked UN attempts to evacuate the area, that month armed fighters surrounded a massive UN convoy intended to transport thousands of inhabitants of Srebrenica to safety, prompting Muslim commander Nizer Oric to turn it away. He claimed the rescue could not be permitted as it would lead to VRS occupation to the enclave. General Felipe Morillion, who commanded UN peacekeeping forces in Bosnia in 1992-1993, has po po posited a rather different rationale. He claims Sarajevo's Western-backed president, 
Elijah as a best as a Bekovic. Hopefully, I didn't mispronounce his name. Sabotage evacuations efforts as he was not in position to strategically win a battle. The arms presidency of Bosnia from the very outset was to ensure the intervention of international forces for their own benefit. This is one of the reasons why they never were inclined to engage in talks. In 1993, Morillion said he foresaw something tr- trouble, terrible happening in Srebrenica to, due to Oryk's use to the enclave to attack Bosnia-Serb territory. Frequently targeted undefended villages and taking no prisoners, including no un, including on religious holidays, Oryx militants had a fearsome reputation for torturing, mutilating, and brutally murdering their victims. Despite gleefully displaying video footage of this blood-curling handiwork of the Western journalist, he was never prosecuted or punished for his crimes. These tactics plunged Bosnian Muslims and Serbs into a hellish cycle of violence, Marillion argues, meaning when the VRS overrides, overran, excuse me, Sabrenica, they wanted to take their revenge for everything that they attributed to Nazar Oryk. Not Nazar Oryk, yeah. In the weeks leading up to the assault, Oryk's forces slipped past UN peacekeepers to attack Bosnia Serb civilian areas near the enclave on multiple occasions. Raising houses, stealing livestock, killing residents, and leaving survivors homeless. Recognition that such actions would inviolably provoke a brutal retaliation might account for why the Muslim army warned Dushbat an attack on Srebrenica was forthcoming. According to Marillion, the massacre that purportedly unfolded was exactly that Western forces and the Muslim leadership wanted. The VRS entered an ambush in Srebrenica, a trap in fact, and the population was the victim of a higher interest located in Sarajevo and New York. He explained, meanwhile, Srebrenica's wartime police chief had has repeatedly claimed that Izebekovic told him if the VRS overran the enclave and slaughtered 5,000 Muslims, it would lead directly to NATO intervention. The account is corroborated by the UN General's report on Srebrenica's capture. It notes members of a Muslim delegation dispatched to peace talks on a British warship in September 1993 were openly told by Ezebegovic. Ezebegovic. Okay. Ah, Tongue tied there. NATO intervention in Bosnia and Herzegovina was possible, but could only occur if the Serbs were to break into Srebrenica, killing at least 5,000 of its people. Where are the British hiding? Good question. As Izabegovic apparently forecast, NATO intervention finally came at the end of August 1995 in the form of a month-long bombing campaign targeting the VRS, which killed up to 2,000 civilians. Three months later, the Dayton Agreement was signed and the war was brought to a close. Several Bosnian Serb leaders were subsequently convicted of genocide by the ICTY, which charged them with engaging in a joint criminal enterprise by capturing Srebrenica. 
Under this extraordinary and highly controversial legal doctrine, defendants can be found guilty of crimes they did not personally commit, approve of, or even know about at the time they were committed. Interesting. So, interesting. I'll just leave it at that. None of the trails produce evidence that an order was ever given at any command level to massacre Srebrenica's male population. When the ICT convicted General Radislav Kristic on charges of genocide, the tribunal conceded that the commander of the multi-ethnic VRS Corps, which seized Srebrenica, was not only aware of an uninvolved in alleged war crimes, but explicitly ordered his soldiers not to harm civilians. Just one individual was convicted up by the ICTY of direct involvement in Srebrenica, a PTSD-ravaged soldier named Drazen Erdemovic, in return for testifying in multiple tribunal trials, despite experts ruling him mentally unfit to be tried himself, he served only three and a half years in prison, then entered a witness protection program. During his numerous heavily coached tribunal appearances, his memory escaped him on many key facts, including his own military rank, how many people he personally executed, how many his unit killed in total. When the massacre happened and who gave the order to carry it out, Ordemovic eventually settled in an, on an un, inimplausible scenario that a low-ranked soldier in his unit relayed the genocidal instructions to him on behalf of a lieutenant colonel whose identity he claimed to not know and which has never been ascertained. Equally implausibly, he alleged his unit slaughtered up to 1,200 people in a group of 10 at a time in just five hours, despite implicating eight implicating eight fellow soldiers in his testimony, they were never prosecuted or even interviewed as witnesses by the ICTY. British intelligence played a significant role in gathering evidence of war crimes in Yugoslavia for the ICTY. Well-connected British judges and lawyers were central figures throughout its proceedings, which spanned 23 years. British authorities, including the SAS, took the lead on capturing Bosnian Serbs indicted by the tribunal, one of the convicted genocidaries, Radovin Karadzic, is currently imprisoned in Britain. Yet at no point during the trials that was, was the secret SAS unit operating in Srebrenica mentioned, let alone called to testify. Whether that implies that testimony could have raised problems for the ICTY prosecutors or they have something deeply sinister to hide. It's difficult to determine, but it's beyond dispute that British officials consistently blocked proposals to undo a U.N. embargo on armed shipments to Muslim forces during the war, apparently due to what then U.S. President Bill Clinton reportedly described as London's desire for a painful but realistic restoration of Christian Europe. Despite thousands of dead Muslims, that wish was gone unfulfilled for those who hope the balkanized the continent's last remaining major multi-ethnic state. However, the war was an unqualified success. Interesting there. And always expect fall guys on these events. It happens lots of places, lots of incidences.
even when you look at the September dawn, they call it the Mellow uh, Meadow Valley Massacre, and it was now in Utah. It's been admitted that they say um, Brigham Young had knowledge of it, but never been prosecuted. But his minions, who were just the pawns or the chess pieces involved in, these, involved in this event, were prosecuted and all that and convicted. It happened on September 11th. I think it was 1871. I could be mistaken, but it happened on September 11th, 18, 1870s. Interesting. And even when I looked at the whole um, thing on the um, National Security Archives, a lot of chilling events, a lot of questions. And I have to agree with Mr. Clarenberg on this. This is why, folks, I'm against foreign entanglements, empires, etc. Even NATO, the UN, they're all empires. These, a lot of these nations are just, part, are just chess pieces for the one world order. And it's a damn shame. People want to know the truth. If this gets covered up, what else is, what else is being concealed? And other horrific events. Such as massacres, genocide, democide. And it affects every single one of us. Ethnic, ethnic, ethnically speaking. Doesn't matter what you look like. And what part of the world you preside. Or reside. Excuse me. I do find this unacceptable. Regardless of the people's creed, it is dead wrong. This needs to be more revealed like everything else we see in front of our eyes. There's no such thing as exceptionalism when it comes to tyranny. And, um... Hopefully the truth will come out real soon for these people and do the ripple effect of everything else. The age of truth is growing and the censors will be exposed. That will be it. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Plus, feel free to download and share this throughout your social media networks. If you have any questions, comments, and sense on this exchange account, whatever you do, please use the quorum for the morally the footnotes of these articles on my episode. If you want to contact me, this is my new email address, ll3.podcast at proton.me. If you want to donate, go to paypal.me or cash.app forward slash looky luck number three. If you want to support Beezus and or the Gray Zone, that would be nice. And plus, observe responsibly. Once again, thank you for your time. Always remember that the Maniac Resistance is healthy for the soul and can liberate humanity. Until next time, take care of yourselves. Keep on spreading the love. And may your guardian spirits be with you.